Hello, I'm Steve Turvitt and you're listening to the Border Mail Sport Podcast. If you've been involved in Ovens and Murray Netball at any point over the last 20 years, there's a very good chance you've played with or against the woman sat next to me. Having burst onto the scene at her beloved Yarrawonga, she was still in high school when she played in her first A-grade grand final. After testing herself in Melbourne and then overseas, she returned to play a central role in what can only be described as a pigeon dynasty. She won seven flags in nine years, coaching a club through a period of extraordinary dominance and this year chalked up another milestone when she took to the court for the 300th time. So, Bridget Kassar, thanks for joining us. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a good wrap. (laughs) Before we take a walk down memory lane, let's talk about the season, which has just gone frustratingly cut short by COVID in the end. How was it for you? Disappointing, I guess. Um, Like you put so much um, into uh, preparation, um, into taking the court and, um, you know, being a coach at the club as well. There's so much behind the scenes work that you put into into playing. So I guess to get this far into the season, um, you know, you just, you never know what could have happened come finals and we were in a good position across the board um, you know so yeah it's, it's, it's disappointing Your only defeat was against Korowa and because of Covid you then had to wait five weeks for your next game away to the reigning Premier's Wangaratta what did it say about your resolve that you were able to go and win that one? Um, so obviously we've had um, several lockdowns and, and in the Victorian clubs have had the same situation as us but I guess um, we're quite we've got a lot of senior people around the club and um, we just tried to keep each other motivated um, training in small groups um, and just trying to keep things mixing it up and keeping it interesting so not just doing the same trainings um, and just you know hopefully we all had the same mindset that we had the one goal we wanted to achieve Um, And we knew that they were going to be in the same boat as well, coming off a limited training schedule. So, um, you know, it's a credit to the girls. As I said, we went through three different periods of lockdown. Um, So, yeah, frustrating, but good that we could come back out and and still be strong. And you'd just beaten Wang for a second time when the season came to a halt. How much momentum did you feel that you had at that stage? Um, Like, I feel that we probably we're starting to hit our straps we've had um, a few different changes to the team Um, several uh, women coming back from babies Um, so probably getting that match fitness and um, and the skill level was returning after after having these babies Um, and just sort of gelling and getting consistency and and match play into the legs so yeah, we sort of probably felt like we had a bit of momentum going forward and then unfortunately cut short. Take me back to the beginning. What are your earliest memories of going down to the Yarrawonga Netball Club? Uh, so my sister played at Yarrawonga before I did, so she's older than, than me, um, Jana, and um, we used to go um, and watch her play and there was a group of sisters that were about at that age and then the younger sister was we were all my age so we used to go and run around um, and we had a ball in hand and I remember just watching it and just saying like I want to play that one day and that's all I wanted to do was just play at Yarra. Looking up to your sister playing A grade how much did you aspire to be like her? Oh I 
probably wanted to aspire to be her and probably try and beat her too in some respects. But um, like I come from Rennie and all our family do, like we, we played there. So we were split at one time. So I was at Rennie and she was at Yarrawonga. So we used to play, get in the car and go and watch her. And I just remember trialing one year and I was very young and, I, and you know, mum said to me, you know, don't be disappointed. You're probably not going to make it. You know, but go and try, but just, you know, have that in the back of your mind. You're only young. And I said, oh, I don't care. I just want to be where my sister is. And, um, you know, I ended up making the team and, yeah, it was um, never looked back. Now, a reliable source tells me that when you joined the club, you had the nickname Olive Oil. <laughs> is that right? And what's I'm, the story there? <laughs> oh, I know your source. And, um, yeah, I, don't, I actually don't remember it, but um, I was just... Um, very tall which I am very tall but I was just this skinny little kid and I'm I was 12 years of age so um, very young and just very raw and um, yeah I I don't know why but yeah that's that's from Tracy that one (laughs) how old are you then when you break into a grade for the first time and what are your memories of that so I remember we, so I played C grade and I remember um, we had just come off, we had an undefeated season and had won a grand final um, and come into the following pre-season and from memory I think someone hurt their knee and another lady was pregnant and then there was just, they took me up into the A grade team so that was um, daunting, um, obviously being very young. But I had the support of my sister and obviously my coach, which was Tracy at the time. Um, and looking back now, I played against some really tough women and um, probably playing with senior people around me, that's probably what got me got me through and probably helped shape me into the netballer that I am today. What were the differences, having been used to be playing against people your own age and then coming up against older women in the way that they play the game was it the physicality or or having to try and think a bit quicker on your feet for me and my position so I'm a goal shooter um, probably the physicality like I was you know so young and obviously a lot lighter than what I what I am now and I was coming across women that were old enough to be my mother um, and they probably just had that intimidating factor over me but um yeah, I just had good people around me and just kept getting back up and that's all you can do. In terms of your position as a shooter, how much time did you spend you know, refining those skills, whether it be on your own, at training, after school, how keen were you to get better? Um, so my friends will laugh at this, but um, I would go, go out every night and I'd have to practice 200 goals every night. Um, and then my friends would come around and they would do my stats so like goal miss goal and I had to do that before I could go like into the park and play cricket and footy and that was um yeah what my parents pushed me to do and I'm thankful for I still shoot and practice every day really yeah to what extent did that make you the player that you became just drilling it going over it again and again well I'm not probably known for my accuracy so um, I'd hate to think how, how inaccurate I'd be if I didn't practice. But um, it's just something that I was always taught to do. And, you know, every position practices different things. Um, mid-quarters probably do a lot more running than I would do. And 
um, it's just something that I try and push for the other goalers in the club to do as well, particularly the juniors, um, the up and coming juniors to, you know, if you want to play the level, you've got to, you know, you've got to put in. Grand final against Wodonga in 2002 was a disappointing day. What memories do you have of getting to the grand final but coming so close and ending up on the wrong side of the scoreline? We've had lots of really tough contests with Wodonga over the years and back in 2002 it was probably early on in my career and I feel that um, it was all just devastating and you know you'd that's all you chat like you know you go to you go to school you come home you go to training you look forward to game day that's that's what your life is about as a kid you just want to play sport and then I look probably to you know the last probably 10 or 15 years and I've had some really good tussles against Wodonga we've won some we've lost some and it's probably now that I'm mature enough you know grand finals are really hard to make and they're even harder to win and it you know it takes something special to win a grand final so reflecting back into you know in 2002 um you know i probably didn't think that i was going to play in however many grand finals so it was just devastating and i said you train all year for for that moment and probably thought oh you know i missed these goals it was my fault or whatever but you know you've got you had good people good senior people around and um, you know, good supportive parents and, you know, you just, you get back and you just, you do it the next year. Tell me about the time you spent in Melbourne. Um, so I moved to Melbourne, uh, it was, was a boarding school in year 12, so which is 2003. Um, and so then after that, I, I moved to Melbourne for a couple of years and I played um, championship division down there. Um, and it was really hard because I'd come from a club where I was getting court time and I was comfortable at training and I was, you know, I was comfortable around the club. So then to go down out of my comfort zone and to be against bigger people and I wasn't getting the court time and I was having to work a lot harder, um, you know, I, I probably struggled for the first six months, um, but then I sort of surrounded myself with good people at this the new club I was playing for. and. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, but, you know, it probably made me cherish my time at Yarrawonga more. What took you to the UK and was it always your plan to play netball over there? Um, so I worked for the Stock Exchange in Melbourne and they were moving my job to Sydney and they sort of said that I could either go to Sydney or take a, pay, a payout and I was just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just take a payout. And I had a couple of friends and a cousin that were over in London. I was like, oh, I'll just take a payout, buy a ticket and go. So I did. And then I remember I was homesick probably for the first three or four months and I was just going to come home. And mum and dad are like, stick it out, stick it out. And I just, I struggled with the different lifestyle and that um, it was so cold and people just went to work, went home or went to the pub. Um, and... It was very different to what I was used to. I was used to playing sport four or five nights a week, used to weekend, you know, playing sport on weekends. And so mum got online and did a bit of research and sort of sent me a few contacts. Um, and I started just contacting people and playing different um, 
I played a mixed league and I played a league down in Pimlico and then um, I got on and ended up playing the Hurricanes and I just and it was the best thing I ever did because I was doing some something that was normal for me um, and I ended up staying over yeah for four years. You would have been up against international players in the Super League with the Hurricanes. Yes. What was the standard like and how did you find it? Um, they play netball very differently to we do here and I think that was a point of difference. I think that's why I was picked. And I remember the coach saying to me, oh, you know, when you come to trial, you play so differently. And she also said I had this frizzy hair that she couldn't, uh, she just kept coming back to this girl with the frizzy hair and the accent. And um, so I was, yeah, coming against, um, like, again, bigger players, which I was, I was used to the size of the players, you know, from Melbourne. But, um, yeah, netball is very different over there and it's probably, uh, we're lucky here about how much publicity that it does get, but it was a different experience, different training, um, you know, I learnt from, from, you know, just different people, it was a great experience. Can you explain for people the, the difference in the culture around netball and also what they meant when they said that you played differently? Um, I think, uh, like in Australia, um, sort of and being from the country we, we sort of play you know Australian rules and netball and then in summer it's tennis and cricket um basketball as well but but mainly sort of your, your footy and netball so you know like I've been playing since I was five whereas it's, you sort of you go to the UK and you know it's not pushed um as much and I think the programs it's getting better it's definitely getting better and I know a lot of the players they come out here and play netball out here um so it yeah it is getting better and it's slowly building but um yeah it's just it's not part of the the school it's not ingrained in school culture and your playing style did you know what they meant when they said you play differently to us um no, well, I, I did. I kept asking her. I was like, I don't understand. And and she said, you just you just do you you throw differently, and um, just yeah. She just said you throw the ball differently to how we throw, and she said you just have this different factor that we don't have here. And she never. I, I mean, I just yeah. I just got on and played, and I didn't think much of it. But anyway, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know how much people listening to this will know about the Channel Islands, but you spent time living in Guernsey. What was yeah. that like? It was beautiful. So my visa ran out. Um, I had a working visa. And so I went there and I worked um, in a pub. And then, then I got offered a job managing a restaurant. And it was probably for me, um, it, was, it was more like being at home. Like it was a slower environment. It was uh, very friendly. Everyone knew everyone. Um, they played netball there so I got involved just to meet people um, there were a lot of Australians working where I was um, so it probably felt a bit more like home for me um, but yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, it's a beautiful place and I've been, we have been back to visit and visit all our friends and yeah. You mentioned earlier about stepping out of your comfort zone and that was just to Melbourne moving overseas spending time in a different country different cultures when you look back on that now how beneficial do you think it has been in shaping you um oh i think you know if anyone gets the opportunity to travel and who knows what that will look like in the future with what's going on but um it it makes you appreciate home and um 
I came home and I was going to save up money and go again and then I met, met my husband um, and you know we still have we did do some traveling together but I think it just you know we've now got a family and I think it just it's sort of ingrained that like I love that family around and I like the country lifestyle and um, you know Yarrawonga is a beautiful place and it's a beautiful community to be a part of and um, you know for our kids to be a part of. So what was it like walking back into Yarrawonga after that time away from the club? Um, there was a lot of the girls um, that I had played with, uh, they were they're still around and um, Trace Skillies, uh, she was the coach at the time, she was still around and the season had started and I think there was a couple of injuries and um, I just sort of said, look, you know, I'll come to training and if you ever get stuck, I'll, I'll play and just through injuries and movement in teams I, I ended up playing I think every game that year and we were we were very strong that year um, that was the f we won a and b grade that year and there was probably a few girls in that b grade team that you know could have easily been in our a grade um, trainings were amazing because we would push each other you know we'd have practice matches and it was like it was yeah it was a really enjoyable time to come home and um you know, settle back into being at home and, you know, go out and have some fun with girls that I get along with. And, um, you know, that, that year it was the start of something pretty special um, for the Yarrawonga Football Netball Clubs, definitely like the netball side of things. So how influential has Tracy been in your journey as a player and more recently a coach? Oh, probably number one. Um, you know, Trace, she was there when I first started back in C grade as a 12-year-old and... Um, and you know, um, you know, she's not just a netball coach. She's a dear friend, and um, you know, I often will call her. And I caught up with her for lunch last week, actually. And you know, she's just someone that's you know, she's older than me, but she's just a dear friend. And um, you know, I go to her for advice quite often. And um, you know, I never thought I would coach. And she come to me at the end of 2009, and. So I said, you know, I think you can do it. I think you've got the experience and the attributes to do it. And she definitely has helped me and, yeah, still helps me today, all this time later. So moving into coaching, how much did you feel it was something you could do naturally? And also, how much did you, do you enjoy the tactical side of the game and looking at it that way? Um, I think... Uh, Coaching's a very tough gig. Um, not everyone can do it. Um, it's it's hard, and I think that over time, like I learn every year. Every year, it it changes. It's I coach different grades. You're coaching different people. Um, you, you're coaching different skill mixes. Um, you know, everyone needs a different approach. Like not everyone. It's not just a you know one size fits all. Um, so I think as a coach, you've got to continue evolving and changing your mindset. And I think, um, you know, when you stop doing that, you probably, you shouldn't coach. Between 2007 and 2017, the club played in 11 consecutive A-grade grand finals. 11. Talk to me about being part of that team. 2007 and 2008 were both losses. And then 2009, we won four in a row. It was the start of four in a row. Um, and, you know, you can have, like, 
the most amazing talent in a team, but if you don't gel well off the court, you know, I don't, I think that's where you, you can win and lose. I think um, in that that period, that especially those first four years, we then sort of started to have a little bit of change in the team, um, you know, with people having babies, injuries, people moving away. Um, but we sort of had a core nucleus and I think we just kept having that drive and that same goal and, um, you know, it's a special special club to be part of and, you know, we work hard and I think that, you know, you, you're not people aren't just successful, it comes from hard work and it's hard work over a long period of time and not by one person or two people. There's several people and, um, you know, it, it's a joint effort. So how do you go about creating that sort of environment where players won't just settle for one or two premierships, but there is that relentless desire to pursue success year in, year out? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think, and it's it's a mindset thing, and it's a culture that you've got to create. And, you know, some people never play finals, and I find that hard to believe. Like, I find that... You know, people play sport for a long time and to never make finals, like what, you know, that's just, that's crazy. Whereas I want to be the best and, you know, and to do that, you've got to have great people around you and obviously you've got to have skilled people too. And I think we're lucky that for a long time we've had a really good crop of girls and, um, you know, some of us are, are quite senior now, but there's still quite a lot of youth around the club as well. So I think when you're training if you train as a group which we try and do as much as we can and train with the juniors they see the level of training that it takes to be a senior and I think that that is how you create a culture um, you create like a positive feeling around the club um, and this year we're doing really well in a really hard year like it's been a really tough year to coach keeping everyone motivated and um, you know, it's just getting that mindset that if you want to win, you've got to do these things and train harder and be the best. And you know, when you win, this is what happens, and it's a great feeling. And I think, I think we've got that culture. Is a big part of that how much you demand from the person next to you at training. Uh, if we see the standards slip, that's not okay. Absolutely, we've got a new a, a girl that's played a lot of Ovens and Murray netball. Um, at senior level and a very an unbelievable player and um, a premiership player as well in Sarah Sanini and she's moved to Yarrawonga and uh, I remember one of her first comments to me was after training she's like no wonder you you girls are so good you just train that hard and I was like oh do we this is just a normal training and that was because that's all we're used to we're used to training a certain way and it took an outsider to come in to say you know you girls you girls are good because you work hard mm. and that's it's great it's a great reflection on the club that we've been able to encapsulate that and yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a lovely thing to hear there's been multiple grand finals that you've played and that have been decided by one or two goals either way when you get into the last few minutes of a game like that what goes through your head you look to the bench and you ask how how much longer there is to go and I just keep playing um, but no um, yeah like as I said it's um, grand finals are really really hard to make and they're even harder to win and I've done my fair share of losing and I've done a bit of winning too and um, 
yeah, it's it's the best feeling to win. Harder to win because of the mental side of it, and you know how much it means. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess um, especially when it comes down to one or two goals, it's just a, a momentary lapse in concentration from you know from anything or an umpire's decision or or you know any of those things come into it. But you know, as I said, you you take for granted you know making final series whereas you know as a senior player now I think it's really hard to make grand finals and you can't just get into a grand final and think you've all the hard work's done it's you've got a whole massive week uh, massive day um, sort of the hard work's done but you've you know you've just got that one more day you've got to put in and contribute. How did becoming a mum change your life? Oh uh, it, was, it, it is it is the best thing. Um, it, it you know change. I'm, I'm I, I think I'm a very selfish person, but um, having kids changes all that. It's all about them. But for me, it's been really important to have that netball contact because you know you're at home and you're you're keeping the home front running while your husband's at work and you're doing everything for the kids and everything's about the kids. And I think it's just so important for mental health to get out and, and train with other like-minded people and, you know, other like-minded mums and, um, you know, it gets you out and gets you interacting with other people and it's good for your health and, um, yeah, for me it's it's made me appreciate netball more. And it's clearly the major difference between a male athlete and a female athlete that the body can go through that, give birth to a child and then the process of getting fit and ready to play competitive sport again how easy or how difficult was that for you what's that process like um so with my uh, first child I was a coach that year and so I trained right up until I had him um like I would just do elements of training obviously there was things I didn't do so um for me, um, like I, I had Raf, and it was mid, midway through the year, and I actually came back and played B grade for the remainder of the season. And um, like I put that pressure on myself to do that because I, you know, I didn't want to miss out. I wanted to be there, and I, I was coaching, so I might as well play. And um, second time round, I probably took the pressure off a little bit, and um, you know, had him at a different time of the year. So, you know. I think, yeah, for men it's it is easier, um, you know, because they're they're not the ones that have to go through it. But yeah, I think for women it's really important to to do things for themselves. And I, I think it's yeah, I think we've got a lot of women around the club that are happy that they've come back after having babies. And it is hard. It is hard work. I think it's a really good point that you make about the mental health side of it. Having that. I guess support network or that normality to be able to walk in and do something that you love as yeah. opposed to giving yourself to this small person. Yeah. Um, yeah, how valuable is that? And also the fact that many other players within the club have been through that, will go through that in the future, that you're all there for each other and, and you yeah. can just get on and play netball? Well, particularly this year, there's um, there's lots of uh, women that have that have got babies or young children, and I think it's great. Like the kids all get down there on a sad day and play together. Sometimes they're dragged along to training uh, Thursday nights. Um, I know there's a couple of new mums um, at the club, and I know they're new to town, and they they think that netball has been 
one of the best things for them because of lockdowns they haven't had a normal you know time off work as such I mean it is time off work but you're still working at home but you know we haven't had the freedoms that we normally would have so for new mums that um, you know this is their first time round, they they have said to me it's imperative for their mental health that they have come back to the sport and um, and to have such a supportive club and people around that if a kid's crying someone will pick it up and you know it's it's it is yeah it's a great club and everyone's very supportive of all the mums and one of the people that shared that experience with you is Sarah Sanini, who you mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah. You played against her that many times. How good is it to finally be on the same side? It is, because I always would play against... Or she's a, a shooter as well, and I would always hate playing Lavington because I'm like, she's such a good goaler. She never misses. So now it's just, it's great playing with her because she's on my side and she still never misses. So um, Sarah and I have come into... We've had some good battles across the years, um, some close games, some grand final wins and losses um and you know she's from a small town Berrigan um and played a lot of you know senior netball and a very good player so it's it's yeah it's a good she's a good friend and it's it's really good to play with her now when you've been as successful as you have Bridget and created some wonderful memories in the sport over the years what keeps you motivated to go back and create some more um I think that as I said, I've been away, I've seen a few things and I've come back to Yarrawonga and it is honestly a really good club and everyone's always like, oh, you know, um, like you put your hand up to do stuff all the time and I said, yeah, but it's an, it's easy to put your hand up to coach, it's easy to put your hand up to play because you've got all of these people around you that contribute and put the work in for the club to be successful. So it's not just a one-man show. It's a lot of hard work from a lot of people across a long period of time, and and that's the only way you can be successful. It's many hand, many hands make light work, and it's true. And like I just love the club, and to me, it's not hard work just to rock up and play and coach and train because you know everyone's there for the same purpose. We want success and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we've got a good group of people there. And because of the way that this year finished, and let's not forget you were level on points with Corowa at the top, does that leave a sense of unfinished business for you and the group? Oh, look, I think, um, you know, we've got, we're in a good position with numbers. Um, Yarrawonga's always had good numbers um, for netball. Um, so I think, you know, uh, we will be influenced a little bit by people having babies. Um, I know there's a couple of girls getting married, have been trying to get married for a little while. Um, and that's just that's just life. Um, we'll have people go away to uni. We'll have people move back. And, you know, people move to the town. Yarrawonga's just going gangbusters for growth. So, um, you know, hopefully we get some new faces. And, look, I think, um, you know, I think there'll be still a lot of the same faces floating around next year and I think definitely it gives you a, that fire in the belly to um, you know to put in the hard work and 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 go again so I'm hopeful. Of those faces that will be going around again will yours be one? Absolutely I'll put my hand up um, yeah yep I've got got the boys so I'm, uh, I won't be one of the ones having another baby but um, yeah I think that um, yeah you know I've got a good good um, family network and 
um, you know, my husband says, you know, you might as well play like you, you know, you're sort of at the end of your career, um, which is sad. So, you know, I'll just, um, yeah, I'll keep putting my hand up for as long as I can. Bridget, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Loved talking through some of the stories from your career and be very interested to see how Yarra goes next year. Fingers crossed, no interruptions and may the best team win. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You've uh, done done your research you've done a really good job that's all for now thanks for listening to keep up to date with all the latest sports news like us on facebook at border mail sport